Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. It's over. Well, that's good. Hey, everybody. How you doing? My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right. BSH Radio. We have a special episode for you tonight uh, because I am out of things to talk about with the Flyers. I didn't feel like writing a show, so I opened it up to our listeners and they emailed us questions and we're doing what they call a mailbag. This is a new invention that I just came up with. It is not at all derivative of everyone else on the internet. Never, not once has this ever (laughs) happened. (laughs) So let's just open it up. Let's get things started. Uh, Let's say hello first to Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, so as the song indicates, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are the one bright shining spot in all of your lives. So you should embrace them. Can confirm. Thank you. What if they keep killing our young defensemen? Well... Sometimes that would be you bad. gotta lose a little bit to win a little bit. And you don't blame the fans for that. You just blame the jerks who keep killing the defensemen. No, I blame them. I mean, so we found out, or we believe, we believe that Travis Sanheim just has a sprained MCL, which is not as bad as the Couturier injury. Um, it could be because I mean, a, spra- could, I mean, a sprain is basically a tear. It's just a grade, so he could have a tear, but he even a tear would only keep him out for like a month to, to a month and right. a half. So, so he, he, should, be he should be fine. Um, so he's not really dead. He just like don't play him for the rest of the season, and he should be fine for the Flyers next season. Samuel Moran is a whole different story right now. Did we get an update on his? No, no update on Moran, but it seems like he was on crutches. Should have traded. So <laughs> that seems not so good. I can't wait to have the argument with Kelly every single week for the offseason about how, how Samuel Moran has no trade value right now. Oh, he definitely doesn't. That's why we should have traded him before. He didn't have any trade value before either. Mm. Yeah, I think like, yeah, get, a year some. ago he did. A year get him, ago he did, yeah. Get him some NHL experience and then he'll have trade value from the athletic.com charlie o'connor okay I- i'm as happy as anyone for alex lyon 
and the awesome playoff run he's having. He obviously killed it in that long overtime game where he gave up one goal and stopped like 90-some shots. It's really cool to see. He's legitimately a good dude. Like He's a cool dude to talk to. He seems like a genuinely good guy. He's obviously earned a spot in the Flyers organization next year. If they're going to ship one of, the, one of the two goalies out in the AHL, it's going to be Stolarz. Lion has secured his spot for the future. But I really don't buy the whole, see, Lions showing the Flyers they were stupid because they didn't play him the entire last month and a half of the year and they didn't use him in the playoffs. We're still talking about a 25-year-old undrafted free agent with a 905 save percentage in 11 NHL games. It was perfectly rational for Ron Hextall to evaluate the situation and say, yeah, you know, he's probably not ready for the final month and a half of a season that's a must-win game every night in an NHL playoff run. This wasn't some big mistake, and the fact that he's tearing it up against minor league competition is great, but it's still minor league competition. It doesn't change the fact that he probably wasn't ready for that then. He's probably, like, as much as I want to commend him for his effort, I mean, like, he fell short of breaking Michael Layton's record. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone's advocating for Michael Layton. Well, and, like, he is come still on. playing. I think he's in, he's in, what, the Penguins organization? He's, yeah, he's, he's a still, very good AHL goal. He's going to be, like, AHL Hall of Fame first yes, out. he's Neil Little, which is what kind of Alex Lyon might be. Alex Lyon might have an N- a good NHL career. All right, Listen, but haters. I want to first introduce the counter argument. <laughs> My broadcast partner in crime, Steph Delicious, D. Steph Driver. Listen, haters. Alex Lyon could have been a decent NHL goalie for the playoffs. I'm not saying he should have been, but could have been. I, I, I can't defend this argument because I think it's stupid, but I will defend Alex Lyon because what he did the other night was incredible. No, 94. He had like three games worth of saves in, in one game. That's absolutely I mean, incredible. The, the one game lasted for for two and a half games. Yeah. It was, what, five overtimes? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. That's well, insane. Well, what was the what was the thing where he had like three? He, he basically had the equivalent of like two and a half games of shutout, but he didn't actually get a get shutout. Get a shutout, yeah. Because yeah. he gave up one goal in the first period of the one game, and then he gave up one goal in the third period of the next game. So he had all the shutout time and no actual shutout. And not actually shutout. So what he did was incredible. And, and I don't think that that should go without notice like oh, it was absolutely he, it was it was astounding it was an absolutely tremendous feat they, if, they were eating they were eating brownies made by uh, mike vecchioni's aunt in the middle of the game no during during intermissions <laughs> yeah. because they'd are they'd run out of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they had run out of like hot dogs and bananas they were drinking coke just to get uh, sugar back into their system yeah that's what they were doing well, with I, coke. listen they're they're young children <laughs> And and Vecchioni's aunt was in the crowd and had made him brownies for like to I eat at home. I love league hockey so much. And she rushed down to the locker room, was like, "Here, boys, here's here's sugar." And they they were just inhaling brownies, which I, remember, I think is amazing. I remember hearing that about the five overtime game the Flyers played with the Penguins in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, like they were trying to order pizzas after like the second <laughs> overtime. They just needed like they just needed calories. Anything. Like yeah. it was so bad and that stuff it's a lot of fun uh i am very happy for alex lyon good for you brother but then also i'm not done i'm sorry okay they were playing with five defensemen for most of that game because that was the game that moran got injured and we come to find out that sometimes they were really only rotating three or four because they were cramping up the defensemen were cramping up like that's 
God damn it. These men, these, yeah. these children, like, they're troopers. According to Bob Rotruck, I think he's sick because he got access to the play-by-play and on-ice data and like apparently Myers played 66 minutes, which is batshit insane. That's insane. He that's literally awesome. played a hockey game. That's some that's by crazy. himself. That's some Chris Pronger <laughs> stuff. Right? That's yeah. absolutely awesome. Oh, wow. All right. I um, I don't have a hot take about the Flyers, guys. We are in a holding pattern right now in terms of like everyone. People have different ideas of what the Flyers should go about doing, but everyone kind of agrees on what they need. Like, you know, they need, even Ron Hextall has said, like, hey, yeah, we need to upgrade at C. We need to upgrade, you know, a scoring winger maybe. And, like, a veteran defenseman would be cool if we can if we can swing that. Like, everyone kind of sees what the issues are, and everyone is just kind of waiting for them to do something uh, just to give us an idea of what direction they're going to go in. But until they do something, it's really hard to have strong opinions about this team. So I don't have a hot take oh, uh, about the Flyers. So I will give you a, uh, a, a hot take about a different subject. Um, Are you doing it? No, nothing for you. Damn it. Uh, this one you might actually agree with because uh. I know you don't like The Office. Uh, oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, better than The Office. If I read one, I muted. I muted everything that had to do with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nobody ever spoke about this show at all until it was canceled. So I only have it muted for 30 days because no one is going to talk about it after this period of time anymore, ever. I saw all the hubbub about it and was like, I guess I should watch this show. I guess I must have been missing something. And I was. It is hilarious. And it is better than The Office. Suck it, Office people. It's not a good show. You know, I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was either before and or after The New Girl. And I saw a couple minutes of it each time, and it was like, it was fine. I find it hilarious. I think it's a funny show. And I, 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 don't, I don't follow comedies closely. Like, I never really watch them regularly. I'll just watch them occasionally, you know, flip around. They're on TV. And I, I like Book, Book on Nine-Nine. It's a good show, but I would never get super, like, angry that it got canceled. It's just like, eh, okay. Another comedy that I don't watch regularly got canceled. But... Seems like people really like it, so good for them. I'm glad it got renewed on, what, NBC? NBC picked it up. Yeah, they picked it up. Well, good for the fans. All right, gang. Let us get into now the mailbag. hey yo. Uh, I asked everyone to email us some questions for us to uh, to yell. What are you looking for, Steph? The Wi-Fi password. Oh, okay. I got it. We're fine. Okay. <laughs> I asked everyone to email us some questions. If you asked me a question on Twitter, I deliberately ignored you. Because in the tweet, I said, email us at this email address. So if you couldn't follow those simple instructions, you didn't make it onto the show. Following directions is important, Ooh. gang. It is important. But Bill is getting serious. I really am not. I just it's like, why are you why are you adding really, me really in this tweet? So what it There's is instructions what right it here is, on what folks, to do. Is Bill is just lazy. He wants one click. Yes. And that's it. And I, I get that because that's how it's efficient. It's not lazy. And My, it's, bad. And My it's, bad. It's also that, you know, you give someone just a little bit of power. And then they go crazy with it, as Bill clearly is doing. <laughs> this is the one aspect of his life where he has control over other people, and he can just, like, That's shove right. it down your throat. That's right. I am the host of the number one hockey podcast in this city, and people will sit down and listen to me. Every week for an hour, you're mine. Oh, God. <laughs> what show are you referring to? <laughs> and, you know, you guys, too. Oh, yeah. You guys are here as well. Are we, though? <laughs> so let's get, well, I mean, you two are just one person. Someone actually put that in their question. I, I know. I know. They they like. So sometimes I can't tell when people are joking when they're serious. 
So sometimes I get a little upset when I see and the woman on the show. But And they started off saying Charlie and I are the real analysts. First of all, I'm not an analyst. I'm a fan. Well, th- that was see, I knew that this comment was in in what? direct no? response in to jest. Yeah. um what yeah, the the nonsense of what we get in our comments and on Twitter and stuff because they said that because like yeah. Come on. All right. <laughs> Mailbag time. Mail time. Thanks, Bill. Is uh, that a reference? Is that Blue's Clues? Is it? Is that some I, think, I think it's, Blue's, I think <laughs> I think it's Blue's Clues. I think that's what I did there. Uh, <laughs> I think it is. All right. So let's start out with a question from Christopher uh, I. Uh, what's the ceiling for the team next season? What are reasonable expectations? What's the worst case scenario? Asking in terms of standings and general things we would like to see happen with the team, uh, like players getting larger roles, maybe winning a playoff series, correcting the penalty kill, etc. I guess, like, at the end of the year, what do you expect us to still be complaining about, I guess is his actual question. Well, I mean, I could take a wild guess on what you guys are going to be complaining about at the end of next year. <laughs> Listen... Dave Haxall will not make it through the end of next season. That's I, I don't actually believe that. <laughs> Let me get mad about that in the beginning of the season. <laughs> I think it's reasonable to ask that they win a single playoff series. I think so. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I like it's hard to say what the ceiling of the team is because we don't know what the team is going yeah. to yeah. be. Without knowing what the moves are, I can't really answer that. But considering the cap space they have, considering the young players who you're expecting to take another step forward, they should be able to build a team that can win one playoff route. I think it's reasonable to expect that you see a little bit more trust in the younger players as well. Mm. I don't think one would hope a lot. Agreed. Um, I have a hard time with this question and I'm kind of hedging on purpose um, because I don't know what the team is going to look like next season. Like we don't know yet. We don't know what they're going to do with free agency. We don't know what they're going to do with the draft. We don't know what moves are going to be made. So, I can't reasonably answer what the ceiling is because I don't know what the team is going to look like. If nothing changes, if this is the exact same team that comes back next year, I mean, I'll be really angry. Um, ah, would I? I would. I would be really angry because that means a lot of players that I don't want back will be back. Yeah. Um, so if that were the case, if the team stayed the exact same through the offseason going into next season I don't expect much more than what happened this year I agree with that yeah if I'm I'm assuming if I'm saying that I think their ceiling is win a playoff round or maybe depending on if they have a really good offseason could be more than that but I'm assuming that they're going to take this 20 million dollars of cap space yeah and actually do something positive with it now if they do nothing and their only move is to make their two draft picks and re-sign Valtteri Filippo to like a one-year 1.5 dollar contract to play the same role he did last year then my expectation will be they make the playoffs and they get torched in the first round by somebody really good i don't think that has to be their ceiling i think they are in position for their ceiling to be higher than that but it's going to come down to whether ron hextall feels like he has any interest at all in raising this team's ceiling yeah that's the thing like i think that we should be reasonably expecting that ron is going to make moves this summer to improve the team 
now, not for the future. And if he doesn't do that, I think we have every right to be upset about where the team is headed. Yeah, like, like I yeah, they have the yeah. they they have a real ability to yeah. improve themselves and raise what the There's ceiling. There's no reason could be. not yeah. to. Like yeah. their ceiling right now is still bubble play. I do wonder though, like you say, we can expect a larger role for the young kids. Like if Travis Sanheim comes in, true top four defenseman. Okay, well there's an improvement they made. That's if Nolan good. Patrick is suddenly like producing at the level of a high end two C. Okay, well, that's an improvement. So, yeah. like, there are other things that could improve the team, but for them to win a playoff playoff round, which should be the expectation now, they've made the playoffs two of the last three years and got bounced in the first. The next step is winning a round. They have to do more. So I think the expectation depends on what Ron does, but yeah. Ron has to do something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, like... Ah, oh, I've got a lot of off seasons where I have I have a lot of evidence that that's not the type of GM he is. Like I, I feel like we're we're asking him to do something that he's never done before. To be fair, though, in a lot of the other off seasons, there really wasn't room for him to do anything. Like unless he got super creative, they didn't have a lot of cap space, or they had it, or they had a full roster. Like I mentioned in my post mortem article that this off season, if the Flyers don't improve this off season. It's not because Ron Hextall couldn't. It's because Ron Hextall wouldn't. Yes. And this is the first offseason where I can honestly say that it's be, if they don't get better, it's because Ron Hextall decided, I don't want to do it. Sorry, guys. I'm not doing it. And Because there will, be, there will be ways for him to improve this roster if he cares to do so. Chris followed up with one player-specific question. What do you think we'll get out of Nolan Patrick uh, this in his sophomore year? We saw his rookie year, tail of, two, uh, tail of two seasons, really had a strong finish to the year after giving them nothing for three-ish months. Uh, what do we think we'll get out of year two, Nolan Patrick? I think it's going to look a lot like what we saw at the end of the season. Um, and Bill... Bill? Are you blue? That's me. Charlie, put in numbers. Sorry. Me. <laughs> I have brain damage. Um, <laughs> Taylor laughed. Thank you. <laughs> um, Charlie put in the numbers here. And what I didn't realize is that Nolan Patrick had 30 points this season. Most of them at the end of yeah. the season after he got his stamina back after he got his legs back. I think that that's, that's the type of player that we're going to see. I think that season two, the sophomore season of Nolan Patrick is going to be a lot more telling of the type of hockey player he is than season one. Yeah. I think it's like, to me, if I'm talking about reasonable expectations, I'm saying that reasonably, I think you can go into the season thinking he will replicate, he will at least replicate his second half. Mm -hmm. And that was 23 points in his final 44 games, which comes out to a 43-point pace over 82. I think that is a reasonable expectation to say that Nolan Patrick will score, will pass the 40-point threshold. The How, Sean Couturier marker. Yes, he does it in his very his second season. However, there's a couple things here that could, that could honestly push that up. Number one, if Wayne Simmons gets traded and Nolan Patrick is on power play one, you bump those expectations up a little bit. If Nolan Patrick, because this is his first actual offseason, pretty much in at least like two or three years, yeah. like it's plausible he comes into camp and he's just on an entirely new level because he finally got a chance to work out and work on his game rather than recover from surgery in the summer. That's the thing. Like his uh, his draft season, he played hurt and was incredible and mm-hmm. played through injuries this year and learned on the job and still, you know, was 
couldn't have possibly been in shape to start the year and still was pretty good, especially as the year went on. Uh, it is possible. We go, oh, yeah, that's why he was like the consensus number one for a year. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Nico Heischer to kind of slow down a little bit. Like I need, I need just a little bit of regression from that dude. All right, we are we are not making good time on this, and I didn't expect us to. Uh, We're chatty. It happens. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's good about these shows. So let's move on to Jake Riley's question. He says, hey, guys and gals, with the stadium series next season versus the Penguins, uh, you know they're going to get a fresh jersey for it. Which jersey design would you like to see the Flyers do? I guess like if they're going to bring back an old one, kind of an old school jersey, what would you like to see them do? I will say, since I'm definitely not getting Lindros era black, since the last one was black and terrible, Charlie gave the consensus best answer. Yeah, bring back the 90s orange jerseys. Lindros era oranges. Love the 90s era orange jerseys. They will always be my favorite Flyers jersey. The number I, two to the Lindros era black. Oh, Kelly. No, I... I that was I, my first Flyers jersey. I thought, I about, I thought about the, uh, like, going back to the jerseys from the very beginning. But to be totally honest with you, they're not that much different than the ones they have now. They're basically what they wear now. Well, it's yeah. just that the orange back then was darker. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that's a big enough change mm-hmm. that would inspire people to buy the jersey. But I do think people would get into bringing back the 90s era stuff. Yep. Driver? I have no opinion on jerseys. Okay. I just like to spend my money on them. I really, <laughs> really, really want them to go forward with those Quakers jerseys that you oh, still God. see people wearing. <laughs> that they never... Remember, there You're was that a leak. bad person. Oh, what, the, what, the Tony the Tiger the 20, ones? Yes. Yeah, the 2012 uh, leak uh, for the for the Winter Classic against the Rangers. Yep. And people went out and bought them, and then they didn't actually wear those jerseys. Mm. I've always, I, I always said I never wanted to see a Flyers jersey that didn't have a big crest logo on it. Um, um, because it's dumb not to put like your good logo on your jersey, um, but I wouldn't mind that. I don't just because I love. I still want one. Like I kind of <laughs> want. I kind of want to go get a Yager one today. Like I love that jersey. I thought it was a cool looking jersey, <laughs> and the fact that people went out and bought it and then it never actually got released. It was totally made up. I love. See, I, I never like. Great. I understand. You know, people were excited. Some people really liked the design and they grabbed it. I get that, you know, and it sucks. You spend all that money. What blows me away is when you still people, you still see people wearing them. Like, I love it. Like, you're basically just, and I get you spent the money. I get it. But you're basically a walking billboard of, hey, I got fooled. I would never want to do that. Or you just liked it. I don't think they spent that much money. There were Chinese knockoffs from the internet. They probably cost like $30. I don't know. I bet, I, I would think they were. Because you know, didn't I bet they were expensive at first? Yeah, maybe. No, no one know. officially no. made them. That's they were true. only made by like whoever makes knockoff jerseys that aren't actually licensed. Yeah, but weren't they presented as the right ones? So maybe the site that got them jacked maybe. the price up because Could've, they knew yeah. they could. I don't I think, even remember this. I think the one I looked at and almost bought was like sixty bucks. Yeah, it feels right. All right, that's yeah, that's um, about as much as a, a child's jersey yeah. count uh, costs. Bring back the orange 90s jerseys. That's fine. End point. I'd be fine with that. I just think it would be hilarious if they put out the... And all those people get to be like, Ha! I was ahead of the game. <laughs> like, way to go. Wait, play the long con. Always. Oh, God. I kind of love that. Justin Brown asks... I have a friend named Justin Brown. I wonder if... These are a lot of questions from yeah, Justin Brown. Yeah, I know. Brown. We're going to just kind of... It's kind of one question. Is Hypothetically it? speaking, let's say oh, the Flyers okay. somehow get Tavares and make no other lineup changes. Uh, how would the center position go? It's, you know... I mean, this line isn't a numbering question. stuff. Uh, 
Like, like Tavares is who, your one If they state. got Tavares, who cares what the lines would be numbered? <laughs> yeah, that's who kind of... Who cares? That's kind of where I stand. But if if we're going to go through this exercise, make Tavares the 1C, give him 22 minutes a night, make Couturier the 2C, 22 minutes a night, make Patrick the 3C, you know, play the rest of the game, kid. 4C? Sorry, Yori. Sorry, there's, sorry there's, not sorry. There's no room for you, bud. Yeah, Maybe on the PK. No, dress no fourth line and bring in eight defensemen. It's just, it's fine. If, if, if Tavares, I mean, by some miracle, and I'm, I'm all in on Tavares being a Flyers, but like, let's be realistic here. So is every other fan base. Um, you, you do what you got to do. You give them all their, their ice time. Like you are. A, a triple threat down the center with those three lines like that that would be insane imagine having to virus and then uh like your old is still <laughs> on the ice in the last minute of a game he would imagine be. having oh, that oh, down the, imagine having oh my god Katori, Tavares, patrick down the middle it's like no, we I need can't. yuri i can't we my need heart yuri for the last minute of the game. my heart can't handle that it's reliable and, all and of course times. it would be dale like Dale would be on his wing. Mm-hmm. Dale Weiss. Yeah. No, I, what I don't understand, I, I really don't understand this, the the preoccupation with like who's the 1C and who's the 2C. Like Pittsburgh seems to have done a pretty good job with having two 1Cs on their team. Yeah. You know why? Because Sidney Crosby gets the most minutes of anyone on the team and Evgeny Malkin gets the second most minutes of anyone on the team because they're the two best forwards on the team you, like you can you can maneuver lines so that you know maybe give a couple give the guy a couple shifts on the wing like it's not yeah it's not that hard to do you just get the most minutes to your best players like if you're john if if the flyers say well we really like that couturier drew tandem that's fine just give john Tavares chuck of check that's pretty it's a pretty good first line right wing i'd be more interested to see because if you go out and get a Tavares, and again there are going to be 31 teams interested in John Tavares. If he decides he wants to play here, awesome. Odds are against it. But if you go out and get a player of that caliber, I, I'm more interested in who gets bumped off power play one. Like Sean Couturier just had that season. All of a sudden, yeah, you're back on power play two, kid. Well, what is, is, is Tavares a lefty or a right? I was just wondering that. I can't. Because if, he, if, he's, a, if he's a lefty, I assume you have to. You'd have to bump. put him in the slot, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a lefty. Like, although at the same time, you know, he's such a talented player. Do you just want him to be a bumper? Like, you almost would want him to maybe carry the puck. I almost wonder if in that situation you change, you swap, you flip the entire structure of the power play, and you go with a, you know, kind of what they did uh, in the playoff series, mm-hmm. except you have you know have Patrick on one side of the net and then Tavares on the other, and then you can have more of like a playmaking type switch spots type of power play. You still yeah. kind of run it through Giroux, but you do it a little bit differently because Tavares, I feel like, is just too good to only have him smack one-timers from the slot like i want him distributing as well i want him to have that opportunity if he was on the team okay uh let's move on to jason in phoenix i don't know if that should say phoenixville or he's actually from phoenix (laughs) either way but he asks a good question something we've talked about uh multiple times Mm. are we are we jumping around or 
Did I skip someone else? You skipped David. I, skipped, I didn't know if that was on we'll purpose. Jump to David. No, I okay. just forgot. Uh, when did the Farg become such a low energy building? I would Ooh. say around the time we started calling it the Farg. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Ryan Gilbert. You know, <laughs> and it caught uh, on, and I hated it so much. But now Farg I can't. I can't right call now. it anything else. <laughs> and what can a team like the Flyers learn from the Vegas Golden Knights franchise to bring that playoff like atmosphere to every home game? So I don't have a good answer for this because I mean the Golden Knights have that atmosphere because they're the only team in town they're the only ones um, and there's also the novelty of it it's new. right it's brand new um, they're the first pro team to really give Vegas a shot and they got good um, I, I don't know I don't know what this team can do other than win like they need to win is what needs to happen they need to stop just being this middling mediocre ho-hum team and and win that's what's going to get the fans back yeah i said it after the exit interviews whatever show that was that at some point we have to look at ourselves like if you're going to a game do you want to cheer for your team or do you not want to cheer for your team if you want a loud building make a loud building it's up to you to do it i mean i cheer for them when they do something worth cheering about I'm not going to cheer for them when Yori Laterra's, I mean, I do when the Yori Laterra's on the ice in the last minute of play because it's the last minute of play. You get loud. But I mean, there was a time when, you know, there was a let's go Flyers going through the building in the middle of the second period, you know, when they're down four goals. That was just a thing that happened because fans did it. Did they have faith that the Flyers were going to win that game? I mean, that's a, a, a whole other thing. I just think that if you're going to a game, I think at some point we can complain up and down about the building sucking, but we're the ones in the building making it suck. If we don't want it to suck, we can make noise. Or I would like we can sit there silently and complain that the building is silent. Yeah. It's, it's one of the two things. I think what the Flyers themselves could do to improve their presentation is like, I don't know, maybe every commercial break, every TV timeout doesn't need to be a commercial for selling more shit in the stadium. Yeah. Like people yeah, are spending plenty of money there. I really don't think you need to convince anyone at that <laughs> commerce hole to like spend more money. Like not everything like maybe have a high school marching band play during a commercial rather than say, Hey, go get this hat at this place. Hey, don't I look good in this hat? Hey, yeah, let's do all like maybe you could be the new the oh, new yeah, show. Be a great used car salesman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no wrong. No, I wouldn't. No one wants to buy anything from me. Yeah, like that drum thing that they did in Vegas was fun. Yeah, like just stoppages. make it more like, like Flyers fans were so loud in Vegas. Why? Why? Like that was the loudest I've heard Flyers fans anywhere. Because were, we were in another building and we wanted to be loud. They were drinking margaritas all day. I mean, too. yeah. I mean, the open bar did not hurt. <laughs> I mean, there was a conscious choice to say that we're going to go into this building and we're going to make it ours. They don't do that at home. You're, you're, I think you're 100% right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, that's one. That's absolutely true. The right, Eagles chance. Let's, yeah, and the Eagles had just won the Super like, Bowl. Just people won are, the Super Bowl. People were pretty pumped about that. And too. we had a three-hour open bar. Yeah. All right, so let's jump back to David. I accidentally skipped that one. So everyone wants Anne LaPerriere fired. Me too. Uh, who would you hire if you were Ron Hextall for that job? If you were Ron Hextall, who would you hire to Ooh, the penalty? I don't know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, Craig Berube. Guess what? It's Craig not- Berube has a job already. I like Charlie's answer. Moore. Go find the best pe- penalty kill in the minor leagues and hire that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not my job to find 
coaching talent assistant coaches in minor league hockey or assistant coaches in the NHL. It's Ron Hexall's job to do that. So I feel completely justified in saying fire Ian LaPerriere without having an obvious replacement because it doesn't matter to me. Ian LaPerriere hasn't done a good job. Anyone I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not allowed to be part of the 200 hockey guys that are apparently, that's all That's all we can have Here's at one limit. time. Yeah. So go out and find one of them are and hire any, him and hope he's better than Ian LaPerriere. Are there any hockey gals? Or no. Is it only no, 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 no. It's all guys. guys. No, no, no. there are no, please. Remember, know, remember what league we're talking about here. Kyle Dubas did transform himself from a numbers boy into a hockey man. So there's hope for you. I don't have those glasses. That's true. Like a Pokemon. I need those glasses, and I don't think David I David Jarrett asked a very important question that I need you not to skip. Uh, what was your favorite game of the season? That's not the one, but I'll answer. The Blues game is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, we talked about this in the Patreon uh, show. Yeah, I'm, we I'm all love on that. We all love the Blues game. Uh, can you think I of any? Remember. I guess the last game of the season against the Rangers yeah, was, it was awesome. A fun one. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. You know what? I gotta say, and I don't remember. I don't remember what I said on the Patreon show, but the the game in Vegas, just for me personally, was the most fun. Yeah, game that's of the, the most season. fun I've that's had a at a, a sporting like, event in quite some time. Oh my god! Just leaving the building, all of the chance leaving the building. Bill got lost in the dark. Show. Like it was our post game show that ended up having to be in two parts. I think because you were in a goalie. Yeah, I was in that thing. cut out. The like whole one, time. one of one Andre of the Fleury, drunk yeah. asses got. Oh god, it was so. Even the pregame show where we were walking through casinos, recording. Yeah, you're not videos. allowed to have your camera on in casinos. Apparently, <laughs> that was that was the most fun. Um, I can say without a doubt the least fun, which was not a question, but I'm answering it anyway. Uh, was the game. In where at the end of the ten game losing streak, Boston was in Philly. Yeah, that was bad. They scored a touchdown. That was bad. That was bad, and so was the Sharks game. Mm. Both both the games that ended the ten game that concluded the ten game losing streak were god awful. Yeah, that's when it was like, oh, you know what? A lot of this isn't on the coach, but uh, this team doesn't appear to be playing all that hard. Like <laughs> or will, at all. I will rarely question a team's effort. Like I'll never. Oh, they quit. But like. Nah, I don't think they were playing their hardest right there. Like, nah, I really hope that wasn't their... That's what I... I'm like, I hope that wasn't their best ever. If you're going to tell me that was your best ever, then the answer is not, oh, you quit. It's, oh, well, then you don't belong in the league. So we have a minor league team. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> we figured uh, out The hockey now. team, oh, okay. the Phantoms. The, I get it. This was the cheesesteak question. Is that right? Okay, yeah. Uh, what is the best place to get an honest-to-goodness Philadelphia cheesesteak? Uh, where the locals go, not the tourists. So I'm prepared when I finally catch a Flyers home game instead of traveling the road game so david will be coming into philly soon wants to know where to get an actual good cheesesteak not your pats or genos uh but where to get the good one so i've got roast pork john's roast pork is a good one it's the one yeah get a roast pork sandwich too yeah not just cheese don't sleep on roast pork definitely so like my hot take here is anywhere go get a cheesesteak anywhere any pizza place is going to have a cheesesteak like any pizza place and they're usually really good. That's true. Yeah. Um, I guess my two, uh, probably my favorite is actually uh, Lorenzo's. Not Lorenzo and Sons, but the Lorenzo's on 9th and Christian. I used to live like right around there for a couple of years, and I love the cheesesteak there. Um, 
So that would probably be my top one. If you're talking about like the touristy places, I like Steve's the best. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite of the touristy places that okay. are like in a centralized area. But Lorenzo's is my favorite. You know what I, I just thought of as you were talking? And I, I looked at Bill because we used to go there. It was around the corner from where I used to live. And it's near the stadiums. Oregon Steaks. Oregon Steaks is good. Oregon, I don't love their cheesesteaks, but they have a lot of other good oh, stuff there. Che- I liked their cheesesteaks. Li- they taste good. Not enough meat. Oh, I just think it's well, like kind of flimsy. Oh, never mind. Don't go to Oregon But yeah, State. good cheesesteak, just not enough. Yeah, uh, don't go there. Just kidding. I really, really like, I just had it for the first time recently, Steak em Up. I've only seen the oh, commercials. Oh, I've had Steak em Up. Yeah, They're I've, good. I've seen the commercials a million times. Steak em Up. But I, I, I finally like had one because my buddy just moved around the corner from it and it was really good. And if you're looking for something a little different... Woodrow's on South Street. Yeah, that's oh really my God. good. I can't, oh my God. I can't talk really to you guys good. because I feel like you've cheated on me by going to this this <laughs> sandwich place and not telling me. <laughs> I feel I feel like a scorned that's lover. That's like a high-end fancy cheesesteak if you're feeling bougie, but not traditional. All right, finally, uh, this is still from David. If you could give Hextall a, mul- Hextall a mulligan on one move, that any one of his moves, any single move, which would be the one you would take back? Signing Dale Weiss. I guess that's like the easiest one, right? Because it's a really bad signing. Yeah. Um. So the, the caveat here was if you're unanimous on not hiring Dave Hextall, then eliminate that as an option. But I don't know. I don't disagree with the hiring of Dave Haxtell. I just don't like the way that it turned out. So, um, shit, I don't have an answer, I don't think. I mean, can I, can I make a, can I have a, a move that didn't happen but should have happened? Yeah. Sure. I think Ian LaPerriere should have been fired after the Washington series. Oh. Yeah. And oh, he was, yeah. And he wasn't. And then he gave us two more years of an awful penalty kill. Yeah. That should, like, they got torched in that series. Ian LaPerrier looked awful. That pe- the, the, pe- the penalty kill was clearly unprepared to face Washington's power play, and he kept his job, and things didn't get better. So that that would have been my move. Fire Ian LaPerrier after the Washington series. I like it. I need a minute, because I don't, I don't, <laughs> ha- I don't have an answer. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I would have... Uh, the easy answer is the Dale Weiss. I mean, that's... Yeah, I, everyone knows I'm going to go Dale, so I got to do something else. <laughs> uh, I would take uh, I would take Chief Keefe over uh, German Ru- Rubstov. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can buy that. Kiefer I'm, 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 I'm a Bellows Chief fan. Keefe. I saw... I just... Well, if yeah. we're... Taylor if, just looked oh. up and like, what are you referencing? That bird is alive. If we're doing this... Think of Brian Phillips. Then I'm going to get really pissed off about him trading down in that draft instead of trading up to get Jacob Chikrin. Okay. I mean, if we're doing that. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing if we're doing draft picks, I guess in retrospect, man, I man, drafts. I wish they would have taken uh, Alex Debrinkit over Pascal Laberge in the second round <laughs> of that of that draft, considering Debrinkit's already an NHL player and a darn good one, and Laberge probably is never going to sniff the NHL. That would be cool. Only because his poor little noggin. I'm not arguing with you, but it was like Debrinkit was always yeah. the logical choice considering how much he torched junior hockey and it was like, oh, he's too small. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like when Charlie swears. All right, so Kent Ireland. I wonder if that's his real name. That sounds like it a... sounds like a, like a real name. I don't know. It sounds like a uh, witness protection name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent Ireland 
asks, uh, uh, you guys and most of the fan base see the value in analytics. Well. Yeah, I don't, but I have Charlie here. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen Screw a number before in my life. <laughs> Yet Hexy and, ha- and Hack uh, make head-scratcher roster decisions that defy analytical logic. It appears that they don't value analytics and instead rely on their gut to select and play gritty veterans over the youngsters who are obviously statistically superior. We believe the Flyers' cup window will be open in the next two years. But my fear is that they will squander the opportunity and lose out to teams that are more analytically oriented. So my question is this. How do the Flyers compare with other teams regarding analytics? Are we on par, ahead, hopelessly far behind? Assuming they are behind, are they making investments to improve? So I'll answer the question. I don't think they're hopelessly far behind. They're definitely behind a few teams. You know, obviously Toronto just promoted Kyle Dubas, who is very open to this stuff. Toronto is going to be on the forefront of this stuff, without a doubt. There's a couple other teams that also uh, invest a lot in it. Minnesota invests a lot in it. Carolina appears they're going to continue to to invest a lot in it, even after getting rid of uh, Peters and Francis. Uh, There are a couple other teams that have um, that have probably bigger analytics forms of the Flyers. But the Flyers do pay attention to this stuff. So it's not... I don't think it's a matter of investment. I think they have people hired. I think it's more a matter of they, application. They hire consultants. Like they, they, they have smart people giving them the info. They just need to actually start <laughs> listening to it. And when is that going to happen? I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will under this coach or under this GM. I don't know. I don't know how much Hextall uses it. Like He may use it more in player evaluation i mm-hmm. don't get the impression that Haxall uses it a ton in terms of understanding you know who he should value and who he doesn't uh particularly on defense i don't think he gives a shit about what the numbers say about defense he has his guys and they're his guys and he thinks being on defense is good yeah yeah but i mean that just seems to they're be what it is um they have the framework it just comes down to accepting it but i do believe they are not far behind in when looking at the league as a whole, I think they're probably about the middle of the league in terms of openness to analytics because there are teams that are a lot less open to That's, it than the Flyers. My thought was they they can't possibly be hopelessly far behind just because of if we were to look at the mean, like there's probably exactly. a lot of teams that are just like, yeah, that stuff's stupid. Yeah. So what like, you're saying is average team remains average across all boards. Hey, yeah. okay, very good. <laughs> Yeah, I just assume like most of the team is re- most of the league is regressive. So even if the Flyers are like middle of the pack in analytics, they're they're still looked at as progressives. I mean, they're not Florida, who's at war with yeah. numbers. Yeah, they're constantly at war with themselves. Just just like at war with the actual figures that mean numbers. And they still have people in that org that are into it. Like they're the Florida's draft people are very number savvy. I just think they got rid of everyone who isn't draft related that was into stats because the hockey guys had to take over and yeah, that's well, how you lose Riley Smith men. that's how you lose Riley Smith and shot of the March or so in one off season <laughs> for nothing well that's fun all okay, right so Sean Murray a nice quick one here hi would you who would you like the Flyers to get in return for Simmons thanks 3c thanks um I want a 2c for simmons and and more i mean a 3c end but a 3c would be the main thing that i would want to get back for him because i think that's the thing that we need more than anything else if we don't fill that in free agency and simmons seems like the logical pick i i feel like that's aiming low though like i don't want them to just look for someone who's a 3c i want them to look for someone who could be a 2c but is put at the 3c spot 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're trying to get the best player you can. Uh, I think with this, to be honest, and this might be like somewhat controversial, I would actually have no problem, like, assuming they trade Simmons. Obviously, it's hypothetical. They, there's a decent chance they may just keep him. But I would have no problem with them trading Simmons for futures. Zero problem with it because I don't think, like, on ice rise, I don't think he's essential. I think he's replaceable. So I think if you lose him and you get like to me, an okay package for Simmons would be the Braden Shen trade without taking on a bad contract. I mean, I'd be totally fine with that, but that means that other I mean, I you know, without it being in a vacuum, a bunch of other things would have to happen. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. Let's say they do that. Then they have four first round picks. You would hope that they'd be able to move at least one of them for a player who you can help think. now. You yeah. would hope. One would think. Yeah. But I would have a problem with them trading Simmons for just for futures. I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't need a, an immediate player back in that trade. But you gotta then use some of those assets to go get one of those guys. I mean, I would, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. If that's how you're gonna phrase it, then yes, that's fine. <laughs> if they're gonna use then those things to go get the If we're being we realistic, I mean, one of the biggest complaints about the NHL is there's not a lot of NHL player for NHL player trades that even happen anymore. So we might be asking too much for them to go get a roster player for Wayne Simmons. I think Paul I would much... Larson. Maybe not... Maybe not a roster player, but a guy like another organization's Travis Sanheim, something like that. Like a guy who's probably ready. I think um, the Samuel Gerard trade, like I think that's a good, you know, okay, he's a guy in your minors. He's a guy you're not utilizing, uh, you know. Yeah, that's fully fair. something like that. We'll give you Wayne. Sig- you know, you don't have room for him. Clearly, like that's just what it is. Like another organization saying mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a defenseman. I'm just those are the two that came to mind right away. Uh, in any of the the whole spots, whether it be another defenseman, preferably a righty who can play and is young, um, or a center or a scoring winger, I would like any of those things. I wouldn't hate any of those. But it would probably be draft picks. I would just prefer it be a guy with a name already. Yeah. I would just rather have a name than a draft pick we're going to have to wait two years for. Like that, like I want someone to have already gone through that process and some other fan base have cried about wanting to see him. And then we <laughs> get to see him. That's what I would really like. This is like. fair. Uh, okay. Who's this? Uh, we are on to Katie Bogan now. I guess that is that how I'm going to pronounce that? Yeah, why not? Yeah. She says a lot. We could probably just Yeah, I'm just going to jump to the yeah. questions here. Okay. Uh, Katie asks first, uh, who can you see partnering mm. with the Flyers in a trade for Wayne Simmons? Who do you think would be most interested? I think everyone... you got to get Pete on the phone because yeah, he's an idiot. Everyone first and foremost thinks uh, Edmonton because he's exactly... Like, you can just see... Shirelli would y- fucking like, love him. Yeah, you can just see it. Like God. it fits so well with so what they just do. Grit, just hard to daily. You up? <laughs> you up? Oh yeah, every single day until you he up? answered. Just keep calling. Just uh, keep the, fishing. The team that seemed that seems to make sense to me based on what they've said at the conclusion of the season is Calgary, just because mm. they have this like we need to get tougher and we need to have more grit and like who is tougher and has more grit than Wayne Simmons? Like he basically embodies the character. Can we can we trade them Laperriere too? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you Simmons, Gudis, and Laperriere. <laughs> like he just strikes me as exactly what Calgary is looking for. Yeah. Now whether they want him, I don't know. I mean, he only doesn't really have the one year left on his deal, but like 
if they're serious about adding those types of characteristics to their team, like here's a Wayne Simmons who can give you all of that. And honestly, it's not even like some of that, st- like some of it we make fun of because they're, they're just looking for grit. And it's like, what if you got a good gritty player? And that's what Wayne Simmons is yeah, yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. healthy. He hasn't been healthy pretty much. He wasn't healthy all last season. But like that's what he gives you. And a young team like Calgary could probably, like that has underachieved. I think, could probably use a Wayne Simmons presence in their locker room. Yeah, well, that's I what they're looking for. Yeah, I don't think that it's like over the top if you were g- to go if you're looking for one of those locker room leaders who's also a good player like he would be a good ad for you now is he going to like you think oh he's a 30 goal scorer we can put him on our first line uh, maybe not uh, he's probably not that but so it depends on what yeah. you get back for him. And, but. I mean, and there's other teams out there like it you know, and it, it all it also all depends on like what teams do. Yeah. Like, if you l- let's envision a scenario where like San Jose targets Tavares, strikes out, and because they strike out on Tavares, they lose Evander Kane too. Mm-hmm. I could see them being interested in trading for Wayne Simmons. Like, there's there are teams that could pop up okay. as possible options depending upon what they can and can't do in the at the start of the offseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Someone just waved at me, and I totally. I'm like a child. Oh, <laughs> shiny! Uh, so, who of the forward prospects do you reasonably expect to have a good shot at making uh, the roster out of camp? Morgan Frost. He better. He's got a shot. I think so. He just needs to bulk up. I mean, there. I would have said Knack, but he's a crazy person. Now. I still think he's got us, a shot. They've yeah. been setting us up for Frost not making the team for a long time. Yeah, they just keep telling us. They he's keep not they keep the saying that I'm he's just not going to do it. Travis Konechny. I like just he gets in there and he says like Travis no, Konechny has always it. been like beefy though. Like he's he's like a stocky dude. And they didn't even want him on the team. Like they no, that's what I mean. They came in expecting him not to make the team, and mm-hmm. Konechny just made it impossible for them not to. I think Frost has a better shot than most people think, just because I feel like most people are taking the repeated statements from Hextall and Pryor to mean like we really don't want Morgan Frost on the team. I take them just as much as a shot across the bow of Frost and basically being like, look, kid, you want to be on this team? You better get on a workout plan and you better kill yourself in the offseason to get stronger, because if you're not, you're not going to have a chance. If you are, well, then we'll talk. Like, I think that, that the public statements they've made about Frost are just as much intended to motivate Frost as they are intended to, like, pull the fan base back and say, hey, this guy might not make the team. Okay. All right. Um, but if he if he shows up and he's still skinny, then no, he's, he's not going to make the team. All right. I, I, I think NAK, Albe uh, Kubala. Yeah, that's who I, I think kind of fits the mold of what they're looking for. Vecchioni could. I, I think it's a more of a long shot, but he'll be in the running. I when think is his contract over? Is next year the last year? Yeah, because yeah. they burnt the first they year. They burnt the first year. Yeah. And then signed him to two years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't... Um, Alex Lyon. He's not forward. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that word. Shit. Okay, we can we can add Alex Lyon to it. Why not? The I king, mean, maybe he can play forward. Who knows? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, most goalies skating out is a disaster. <laughs> every goalie wants. Every men's league goalie thinks I can do that, and then it's like, dude, you're wearing goalie skates. You can barely move. Yeah, I I don't. All right, so I give up. Um, no, I do have an answer. Wade Allison. Okay, if, if he gets signed, he still hasn't been signed right. yet, and he doesn't seem like he wants to sign right yeah he wants to play God, what is the matter with in college god 
What is the matter with people? I know, but Take I think the money, stupid. <laughs> I, I think that he, if enticed properly, like buddy, you're going to be in the NHL, not the AHL. Maybe, maybe he takes the money. College is a scam, Wade. It really no. is. He's got a scholarship. Nah. He's not like us. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> we were uh, idiots, huh, for not being professional college athletes. Uh, yeah, I know. if I had just gone to that meeting for the intramural hockey team <laughs> instead of Taco Bell, everything would have been different. Like it's not even like he's in a like. Where the hell's Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> I mean, it's I bet not- the hockey players are the most popular boys in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, without a doubt, I'm sure they are. I don't doubt it. But even still. the gingy ones, he's, no he's a good-looking kid. I don't have any. Hey, I, don't, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Don't, don't crap on gingers, okay, Kelly? Screw you. Kid. You know I like gingers. Right, this is the last one of these questions we're going to answer. Uh, who, if anyone, will be moved on the defense to fit Moran, and how does Hextall do it? Oh, that's Brandon Manning. Brandon. Yeah, he's not going to be resigned. Yeah, they don't need to move anyone. Mm-hmm. To fit Moran, they need some. They need to move someone if they want to fit Myers. Bye, and that, that I would assume would be Gudis. I would assume Provorov, Ghost, McDonald, Sanheim, Haig, Haig, Gudis. Gudis. So that's six, and then Moran would be seven. I guess you're talking about to play. Yeah, yeah. of course. I move somebody. Like, do you envision oh. them moving someone to get Moran into the lineup? I feel like I feel like if they don't trade Gudis, he's going to be seven. That's well, possible. I just don't. I just don't have a good feeling about his future in the organization. It's possible. I mean, I don't know though if they're going to like with with Moran. I don't. I suspect they might be okay with using him as something of like a seven. I was thinking that he would spend a lot of time as a seven. Yeah, learning in the press sp- box. He spent a lot of time in the minors, and yeah. yeah, I go back to kind of what Hextall said about Taylor Lear this year because he was asked basically. It was right after they sent out Sanheim, and he was basically asked like. Well, you sent down Sanheim because you want him to play. Taylor Lear isn't playing either. You're going to send him down? And he's like, well, Taylor Lear have to pass through waivers. And he's spent a lot of time in the minors, so he's more or less a finished product. We don't think there's as much of a need to have him get a lot of playing time. And you might think the same way about Moran. I mean, yeah, he didn't play a lot this year, but he has spent two full years in the minors prior to this. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, that would be just a... I just want to see him play. I don't even care if he stinks. I just want to see him play. I need to see him play. Just, like, he would improve the PK. Like, that's it. That's all I want. Play 11 forwards. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Give this, him five minutes a night. That's fine. This one of AJ Simmons' questions I want to ask. Uh, given Alex Lyons absolutely insane 94... Absolutely insane 94 save performance. Do you think Hextall will consider using him as the backup next year? I, I mean, I think I that it. there's the consideration. We definitely talked about this earlier. Like He's going to have to win a spot in camp, but I don't think that it's unreachable. Yeah, I could. I, I also kind of think a, a little too much is being made out of this one game performance. Was it incredibly impressive? Absolutely. But as Bill said before the show started, Michael Layton did it too. And I don't think anyone's beating down the door to get a Michael Layton back on this hockey team. Like, AHL goalies can be very good AHL goalies, and, and any goalie can have a very, very good performance in one singular game. But I don't think it's a very smart idea to hang your hat on this game as the, this is the Alex Lyon that we're going to get night in and night out. Because it's probably not. He's had a really, he's done really good. His playoffs he have back. been really yeah, solid. Yeah. Been he's really not, good. he's, he's, 
clearly a very good AHL goaltender, but yeah. I don't think that that makes you a good NHL goaltender. My concern with Lyon is not that I don't think he can hold his own in the NHL. My concern with Lyon is basically that I don't know if I trust him to play 35 games, which he would have to if he's the backup to Brian Elliott, because as we've relearned this year, Brian Elliott can't be an every night starter. He can't well, start the entire month of December. We'll never that's get bad. That. Well, they that's the thing. We know month. that, but Dave is absolutely going to run whoever he has decided is number one goaltender into the ground. But that's the thing with Alex Lyon is, yes, he could end up having a good NHL career. I have no idea. Like, I watched Neil Little for years be very good in the AHL. And you know what he was? Not an NHL goalie. Just fine. I, like, love, I love how Neil Little, just as a little aside, I love how Neil Little has become the Flyers alumni game goalie. That cracks yeah, me up to no end. And you know it's because like unlike forwards and defensemen who can be sixty years old and play in an alumni game, you can't really be a sixty year old goalie and play in an alumni game. It's kinda hard to, you yeah. know, wear those pads and fall on the ice a bunch of times. Yeah. Like the the skaters can just kind of skate around and not do much. The goalies actually have to be kind of still youngish. Hey, Bernie stacked the pads in that uh yeah, in he, that alumni he played game. for like four minutes, which is understandable because he's in his seventies. Yeah, I guess like the, I guess the GM of the team can't be suiting up. Like yeah. <laughs> they said he didn't play in twenty twelve because he had some sort of back injury. Really? So like yeah, he had just had back surgery or something. So so there's only so many options. Like I guess you like Rob Zepp's gonna be showing up for oh, him in a month. He probably will. I think so, he has. Ah, has he really? <laughs> I think it's very he possible. might not be wrong. Oh, that's so awesome. the for Alex Lyon, this playoff series, seven games, his save percentage is nine five nine. Pretty damn good. Uh goal average goals I don't how what are the What's the order of average goals allowed? Like, how do you actually say that? GAA, what is goals that? Against goals average. against average. Yeah. All right. Uh, is 1.49. Also pretty good. Really good. Like, he's having a very good series. I'll be interested to see how he does against Toronto because they... That is a good team. That's a good team. I mean, that was... Dubas ran the Marlies. That was his job and his whole thing is like, hey, we're Toronto. We have more money than God, so let's make all of our minor league teams absolutely stacked. I Yes, I agree. Toronto is very good. Charlotte was good too. I mean, they they have good prospects. They just can't get their shit together in the NHL. Sorry, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) What's next, Bill? I'm trying to pick a good one here. Uh, where were we? I don't remember. Joe AJ and Erie. Simmons. Joe and Erie. Uh, should, uh, you would pick this question. Should they explore trading for Pekka Rene? No, thank you. No. Oh, Pekka? No. No, thank no. you. I Sorry. Would, I wouldn't hate it. It's, he's Until only, you get to the playoffs, uh, and he, then... He's only got one year left on his deal, and he's was, he, he, he carried them to the... the I mean, they've got to make he the playoffs He's like a final he's last a year. very good regular season goaltender. He, and then what? He was great last year in the playoffs until, until the oh. final. But I'll take I'll take three really good rounds at this point. <laughs> Shit. He broke Chicago's back. He ended their dynasty single-handedly. He shut them out like well, three times I mean, four games. Yeah. Hey. He's also 35. He'll be 36 in November. Yeah, but he there's only one year left. It's just the one year. Yeah, like, it, 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 dep- it also one depends year, on what they want. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if they want anything for him, yeah, fine. Off. But if it's just like, hey, we got Soros, we're moving on, okay. I just yeah. don't know why they would trade him unless they really needed the cap space for some reason. But Tavares, like, he's such a good dude that 
I think they'd be per even if they decide that Soros is the guy next year. And that's I think even, he said that's he even said questionable. That, that Soros should have the starting job. I think Renee said. Did that. he really? I think so. But like, I think they'd or be totally to fine with fact. him being like the mentor, you know, because like Renee is going to be a nice guy and like not rock the boat, even if Soros is the number one job. So I don't know why Nashville would trade him unless they decide they absolutely need the cap space for something. Okay. Uh, we Charlie, should, we should do all of these questions next week too. We may. We've we, got we've we got enough do to like do a lot of some questions. More. I this hate one, to skip so many. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to jump around and pick yeah. the good ones, but they're all decent. This one's for Charlie specifically, so I can't oh, just may. do it on my That's own. That's bullshit. <laughs> we can all answer, I don't even but know it's what addressed this to is. Charlie. Uh, Charlie, you're around a lot of people within the Flyers organization. How do they generally feel about Hackstall? Do they uh, do they have as many doubts about him as the fans do? Um, I think generally, I mean, Hextall still loves him. He swears by them. So, so he, he's the guy that we deal with the most on the record. Off the record, you know, players seem, I think in general, players are okay with him. Obviously, as a player, you know, you get frustrated when the team's losing and you're not happy with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the impression that there is a... There might be like a section of the Flyers organization that doesn't love, doesn't love Hack, but... I don't think it's like a consensus by any means. I think there's like different sections and some of them, you know, maybe maybe the, the part of the Flyers organization that's a little bit more old school and, and you know, kind of wants the, the fiery guy who, you know, is more classic Flyers hockey. They may not be as really into Hackstall, mm-hmm. but I don't think it has anything to do with the reasons why fans are frustrated with him. I think yeah. it's more like we want the, you know, the guy who's going to, you know, run through a wall with his team and whatnot, and they don't like that he's more subdued and laid back. That's just that. That's just my theory. Okay. But I, I don't think there's like a unified front against Hack. I think there's some people who like just him and some people room. that don't. Yeah, just, <laughs> and, and it's called Broad Street Hockey Radio. I mean, there and BroadStreetHockey.com. Yeah. Um, there, there was a couple years ago, there was the contingent of players that couldn't stand it. Yeah, well, there was last year when, was they, when they were bad and okay. they missed the playoffs. Yes, and that has since calmed down. Um. I have a really hard time thinking that the players that are still here that didn't like him that season are like, okay, that's fine. You're cool now. But I mean, if that's what a lot of people don't like their boss, you still just that's also really you still just got to go do your job. Yeah, just show up. I, I think there's a difference between like players not thinking he's their buddy and players be it like an open revolt yeah yeah I, I do think there was probably during that year there were some players who were close to slipping over the edge into open revolt and this past year they've kind of been pulled back from the edge okay <laughs> and like to be fair he did put some of them will, in a really difficult position he put a lot of players in their best possible position i mean what the decisions he made with Giroux and Couturier worked. He gave Oscar Lindblom two uh, second-line minutes. He stuck with Nolan Patrick when he didn't have to. I will continue saying that the Travis Sanheim situation was a travesty. However, other than that, I think, uh, he, I did, I think he did a pretty decent job up until moving uh, moving Konechny off the top line. Yeah, no, yeah. there's nothing. Fixing something that no, wasn't broken was uh, decent is really not fucking the word stupid. That still but, so weird. Yeah, like you had something that worked all year and with a week to go, you're like, you know what we should do? Maybe it could be stop better. Stop doing that. Yeah. We should stop doing something that like there's a direct correlation to the team 
playing good hockey. Like, there's a day. You can look at the day on the calendar and go, December 23rd, they did this. From that point on, they were one of the best teams in hockey for the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we stopped We stopped doing that thing that we did on I that mean, day that made us good. <laughs> and Rafa was coming off injury, too. That's one of the things that we all sort of forgot. Like, Rafa probably actually. wasn't even 100% hitting the playoffs. Let's give him first line minutes. <laughs> remember, and let's match him up with size, Sidney Crosby. Remember, remember when in overtime, three-on-three three overtime, he just broke up the... Uh, Shit. <laughs> now I forget. Oh, the, the ghost uh, Drew Voracek trio? Yes. Yeah. That. Just for like shits and giggles. Just for funsies. <laughs> just, just for fun because it was not the top three, the top triad in all of hockey. All right, gang. That is all the time we have on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. I guess we can... Uh, we're going to address some of these questions next week. And we've got... We it's a long off season. Yeah. We've got a lot of questions. We can pepper them through... Some episodes coming up. It doesn't have to be all next season. Let's do that. We'll answer some more questions, and we might just take questions uh, all throughout the offseason. That seems like a good thing. Yeah, spend the last 20 minutes answering questions. Yeah, make use of that broadstreetHockeyRadio at gmail.com. Just keep sending them. Keep sending them to us. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for hanging out live on Facebook. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Steph, for Kelly, have a great week, everybody. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.